you know, you're not going to get your dream job in nutrition by looking at the want ad page, you know, uh, on, uh, you know online. You're going to get it most likely through networking. Do you ever have so many questions and no one to ask, so they're just wasting away on Google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so? We had that same problem, and that's why we created the RD2B podcast, a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have. We are students Macy and Emily and registered dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country. Welcome back to another week of the RD2B podcast. This is our weekly podcast where each week we sit down with a different registered dietitian to really highlight the diversity of opportunity in the profession. Um, right now, we're actually doing a, a couple of weeks where we're highlighting dietetic internship programs. Uh, I'm super excited to, to be sitting down with Dr. Salji Blake this week from Boston University. Um, you have a lot of accomplishments, so I'm not even going to begin to hit on them. So thank you so much for being here. I'll let you take it away yeah well i'm 100 years old so that's why i have so many cops you live this long you know you can have the list grows you know so. awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with us today as always i'm emily you're already to be from university of maryland so what are some so you're involved with so many things you're involved in the academy you're the director for the boston program you have your own podcast how do you balance Right, right. You know, um, I've always been good at multitasking and having a lot of balls in the air. I think that um, it keeps you young and it keeps you sharp. And but really what I do really all links together. So I am the uh, dietetic internship director here at Boston University and we have a master's combined with DI program. And I've written college textbooks, nutrition textbook and I teach an intro to nutrition course here at the university university and I you know have a spot on podcast and I write for the media and get interviewed for the media all the time I've done over 2,000 media interviews as well as I write myself so it all works together because it's all about staying on top of the nutrition field and let me tell you that that's a full-time job right there which is good which is really, really good because when, you know, uh, now we know how important nutrition is in, in, in medicine and healthcare. And so now there's so much more research being done on this that you always have to stay on top of it. And it's very, very exciting. When you look at the top leading causes of death in the United States, you know, heart disease, certain cancers, stroke and diabetes, four of the seven leading uh, causes of death can be fought with a fork and a knife. And that's pretty exciting for all of us uh, in the nutrition profession and those are these to be to come, come on in. So what's beautiful about this is whether I'm teaching, I gotta stay up top of what's going on. If I'm in social media, I gotta stay what's going on. If I'm in the media, whether I'm writing or I'm being interviewed, I've gotta stay what's going on. What's the latest study says, what are they saying? And the fun part about how I uh, spot on got created, this is a funny story, but 
for years, I would always start this, my introduction to nutrition class here at Boston University, like 200 students. I always start with current, current events. All right, what are you hearing on the news? You know, what celebrity is doing this crazy detox diet, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, they raise the hand. I heard that blah, 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 and doing this and whatever. And then we would go through this and we would say, okay, let's critically think. What's wrong with that? Do you really need to have a detox diet? You know, is there is such a thing as, yeah, and, and so on and so on. And after years of doing this, it's like I was in front of these 200 students and I had this like aha moment. And the aha moment was, this is a podcast. Like I update my textbook, you know, every few years because you have to because nutrition is evolving. But, you know, I can't update it with real time of what's going on in the media. So I said, well, why no? Why don't I start a podcast that can answer these questions in real time? So that's how spot on, and it's a spot on with an explanation point at the end of it, got started. So it's very much a fun conversation. I bring in the best of the best uh, researchers or people who've written books and scientists um, who really just have a conversation of what is intermittent fasting? Really? What, what the heck is the microbiome? What are prebiotics versus postbiotics versus, you know, you know, biotics? I mean, what is going on here? And so what happens is it's all trending uh, information. And now I have um, uh, augmented my textbook with it. So if you use my textbook in the classroom, you can use these podcast episodes uh, in your classroom. So, so it's, it's a lot, but really it all goes together. So it's, it's not as you know, a million different directions. It's, it's, it's really, really more concise, just spread out over a lot of different avenues. Yeah, I mean, when I was like looking to, you know, talk to you and stuff like that, I'm like, Jesus, so much, but it does make sense of how everything is intertwined and how it probably isn't as, you know, terrifying as it looks to see so many things. So going, like talking about the program, so what are some need to know things about the Boston University Dietetic Program? Right. Well, you know, we've been doing this um, since, you know, 1989, we've been having a master's in DI program. So we were way ahead of the curve. As you all know now, 2024, you know what's coming that you're going to have a master's, have to have a master's degree, uh, plus the clinical training at the dietetic internship before you can sit for the exam. So we've been doing this forever. Um, so we have a really good track record. We have a 100% pass rate on the RDN exam. The national average is nowhere near that. And um, what we have been doing for years is in the master's comes first. So we really allow you to become clinically sharp and academically sharp. So when you go into that dietetic internship, you are ready to roll. And so you have already, your, your skill sets have been honed, they're sharpened. And so when you go in there, you're really at a higher level because you've had the masses behind you. And you know, we have top-notch uh, uh, faculty here, all diverse in what they uh, want to specialize in. Uh, and, and so people have like their own niche. We have the, the students can come and join the faculty uh, and work on their research projects. 
They can help me with my spot on uh, uh, podcast. They can be TAs in my classes and the, the faculty's classes. And you know, um, Boston is Boston is a medical mecca. So there's so much going on in this town, in this, in this city, between nutrition and medicine, and there's so much. It's really, really a wonderful place to get educated. And, and Boston University has been doing this for so long that we're really got it down to, to a science. For sure. So speaking of numbers, so how many slots do you have available per you know session and how many applicants do you typically right. get? Right, so we, we just uh, increased it to 30 uh, applicants a year for the MS uh, DI program. We also have another program that's just MS programs. Because so, some people, uh, students wanna get a master's first and then go into the DI. So they can either do our combined MS DI or only an MS. And then we have another program for people who have second careers, like maybe, um, you know, if you would have gotten an undergraduate degree, say, in um, fine arts, and you know, you worked in fine arts for a few years and you realize, you know, painting is not for me. So I really rather you know, do something else. And we've done that. We've had students come from like absolutely no science background because they had to do all the prerequisites and come and change careers. So there's there's a, there's a little bit for everybody uh, in the program. Um, so, you know, uh, there's something for everybody, no matter what your needs are, what you would like to do. Awesome. So what made you want to increase the amount of students that you're able to enroll in each cycle? So we, what we wanted to do is we wanted to give a great this great opportunity with this wonderful solid program with this fabulous um, pass rate and you know we have alumni all over the country and you know great jobs and everything we wanted you know we, we've been doing it for so long we wanted to have more students have the opportunity to go through our program and you know become one of our alumni and help you know, other alumni um, you know, get jobs and support one another. So, you know, it was it was really, a, you know, we've been doing it for so long that we were able to expand and, and grow. That's great to hear. So as a director, what is your favorite thing about Boston's program that you think sets you apart from other programs in the New England area and in the country? Sure. So what I love to do is I love to mentor the students. So, so I'm, and, um, I like to mentor you during the master's, especially during the DI, of course, what kind of behavior is expected, how to get through it. I want 110% effort every day. I'm going to show you how to do that. I'm going to be with you all the time. You have access to me 24-7. So if you want to text me, we'll set up a phone call on Sunday. I could care less. Um, and, you know, basically, I'm here to support you uh, through it. I also have a wonderful assistant director, Mary Jane Staniak, Professor Staniak, works with me and, and really is unbelievable working with the students. But that's what we want to do. We want to mentor you and help you launch your career. And we want to help you to understand that nutrition is a science and it's science-based. And there's a lot of 
quackery out there in social media and even in the regular media. And you know, when I first was a dietetic internship director in 1994, I started when I was 12, but in 1994, when I was a director, I used to say to my students that we are in the business of prevention, <clears throat> excuse me, in the business of prevention. So what we're trying to do is prevent the heart attack, prevent the stroke, prevent the type two diabetes. About 10 years ago, I've changed that. And I say now, we are not only in the business of prevention, but we are in the business of prevention and protection. We have to protect the consumer from the cuckoo-ness that is out there. And, you know, as you know, that anybody can call themselves a nutritionist, and many people do that. And there's a lot of misinformation out there that is not only wrong, but potentially dangerous, you know, if people were to follow these crazy diets and things. So you really, as a registered dietitian, you have an obligation to say true to the science and to take your nutrition expertise and fit it into the lives of the public. And whether it's one-to-one -one or one-to-a-million on CNN, you are liable for your words. So before you say something like you should be on this diet just out there on CNN, understand what the ramifications of that, that there's many issues going on and people have to, medical histories, family history. I mean, you just can't say everybody should be, you know, doing blank, blank, blank. Um, you got to base it on science. And so we really have to do a good job as dietitians to protect the public. And, you know, I'm old, you're young. You have a long future ahead of you on social media and gosh knows where social media is going to go and what's going to happen decades from now. But you have got to stay on top of all of this. And um, you've got a fun job ahead of you. I'm kind of excited for you. Great. So what do you look for in applicants when they come across your desk um, like in the fall? I mean, I'm sorry, in, the, in February. What are you going to look for in applicants? Right, right, right. So first, let me tell you that we actually have a pre-select program. So if you want to, you can bypass the match and you can apply to our program in December 1. You can go to our website and you can um, look at the, the criteria. But if you know you finish your, your DPD undergraduate uh, courses and you're going to be graduating, um, you can apply early. And we'll tell you um, by January, middle January, whether or not you're accepted in the program. And if you want to accept the offer, you come on in and you can bypass the match. So that's the first thing. But in, to answer your questions, because we're still, you know, you'll, you'll be applying in early December and we're still looking at um, uh, applications. What we're looking for are nice people who are hardworking, and get along with others, okay? And are able to really academically uh, apply the science. And so when you say nice people, 
get along with others. You know, like, what is this? This is like kindergarten in the sandbox. But you know something? A lot of what we do, and especially in the training during the DI, is getting along with people and respecting them and working hard and going home and looking it up, preparing for the rotation. You know, this is not a day at the beach, uh, you know, in the dietetic internship, but you've waited all your academic years to do this. So we want you to take it seriously. We want you to um, uh, really put 110% in. We want you to get along with everybody because when you're going through your DI, okay, this is you, the student, and this is the preceptor. Okay, so the preceptor is overlooking the DI. Then what happens at the end of your DI? You're no longer a student. Once you pass that test, you are now a peer of the preceptor. So what the networking that you're doing right when you're training is so important because people are always watching you. You're on job interview every solitary day. So what you want to do is put your best foot forward, work really hard. People are going to remember that. And I have to tell you that a lot of our uh, hospitals that where we train our interns hire them. I mean, why not? They train them already. They hire them. I, I can't even tell you how much BU alumni we have at these hospitals because they hire them because they know how hardworking and they get along with others and blah, blah, blah. And even if it's on an opening at the hospital you're training at, they know a lot of people. You know, you're not going to get your dream job in nutrition by looking at the want ad page, you know, uh, on, uh, you know online. You're going to get it most likely through networking. And that preceptor, that clinical nutrition manager, that professor, it's going to be the people that are going to write the recommendation letters, that are going to get on the phone and say, look, hire this guy. He's fabulous. This woman was terrific in her DI. Uh, I, I'd hire her before somebody else gets her. You know, that's what it is. And so projecting that throughout your DI is you're setting the stage for networking for the rest of your life. Great. That's, wow, that's just awesome to hear that, like, you know, you're, I never thought about it that way, that preceptors become peers. I always thought you'd, that they would always be in that mentor role but actually having them be on an even playing field issue, just with a little bit more experience. Right. And, you know, that's good about that because I can, I'll never forget this. You know, I, I when I interned, um, I opened up a prior practice soon after I got out. And I, I actually worked with a bunch of uh, internists, you know, this is before private practice was a private practice. But I can remember getting a patient that had pancreatitis. I mean, I'm like, what? pancreatitis, like this is, I'm used to doing like weight loss and heart disease and everything and pancreatitis. And I have to tell you, I went back to my DI notes and like pancreatitis, when was the last time I saw pancreatitis? And to the point where I called up my preceptor and said, Susie Q, 
what what's the latest on pancreatitis? I mean, I, I can't be on top of everything. My specialty was weight loss and heart disease, and I get pancreatitis. I'm like, so I'm calling her up and she's like, hi, Joan, how are you? You know, and I'm like, well, me. So they're your peers, and they'll be your peers forever, and you're gonna see them at annual meetings, and it's just, it's really wonderful. It really is. Awesome. So I think a lot of things, something that a lot of students go into the DI not knowing is that these programs cost money. Yes. So what are some advice, what's some advice that you have for students that are like in regards to financing? Yes. Because I yes. know some people yes. are struggling with finances, let alone the masters that's right. going to be required. Right. right. So first of all, what you want to do is Every um, program has a website that explains everything. It has to be if they're accredited. Um, so it's going to give you the finances um, and tell you how much it costs per credit hour, what if you have to pay any credit hours during the DI, what the cost of living is for an apartment in Boston, say, or New York or LA, wherever you're going to go. Uh, and so they'll give you some um, estimates. So we guarantee that every student that matches with us or gets accepted to our program, we give a minimum $10,000 scholarship um, to help offset the cost of the master's. There's also um, job opportunities, you know, being a TA, a teaching assistant in my class or a graduate assistant in helping women spot on and all the faculty have them. There's, you know, Boston University is a huge university, so there's jobs all over the place at Boston University, you know, the Fit Rec Center, so you can constantly be working, and we, most of our, our students do work during the masters, uh, and there's a lot of jobs here that you can, you can work. When you get into the DI, I always recommend that if there's a way for you to bank some money so that you don't have to work for the D in the DI. That's best. The DI in our case is 27 weeks long. Um, so, it, you know, I did, I remember doing this banking, working the whole months before and there's, you know, you know and um, this way I didn't have to work for the DI. Because when you're in the DI, you want to be like a sponge and you want to soak up everything you want to do. So it's limited. So, you know, that's what ideally, but you know, if, if you have to work, you can, you know, try to scale down and do things. What, what you want to be careful about, the DI is a, is a full-time job. So I, you know, you have a full-time job and really put into it and you, and you all your life have been waiting for this training and then having to work a lot. I don't want you getting sick and run down. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's pretty hard. So, so you can also take out loans and take out loans for the message and take out loans during, in our program, during the DI. I did it a hundred years ago and just paid them off and everything. And it worked out just famously for me. So, so there are ways to get scholarship aid. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics offers a lot of scholarships that they can do. Um, and, and so there's paying jobs on campus um, to do that. It is, it, it's, a, it's costly, it is costly. Um, and we will have to do it. And um, there are ways to get, you know, some support. And you said 27 weeks. So you're, so the DI is condensed. Right. So what it is, is okay. about seven and a half months. The, the DI is because we, 
over exceeding the minimum amount of hours that the academy uh, dictates. So we're way beyond that. But because we give you the master's first, you've got nine months of training in the classroom and we have a practicum that occurs in the second semester where you go out and do something at a site. So you're learning and you're training while you're doing this. So when you get into the hospital setting, you're ready to roll. I mean, you know, this is just now floors and, uh, you know, uh, medical nutrition therapy. We are now putting in at Boston University, I'm so excited. Boston University has 17 colleges, one of which is Sargent College, who's the one that the program is housed in. We're putting in a simulation lab, which is gonna be fabulous because then you can go down and look like a hospital room and you can see all the machinery and, you know, and, and we're gonna have um, uh, live patients you know, uh, professional patients, and you'll have, you know, uh, robotic ones also, but really to get practice, uh, hospital setting practice before you get into the hospital, which is really very, very good. So again, what's happening in during the masters is preparing you uh, to get into that DI and really do a bang up job. Great. And then to be cautious of time, I have one more final question. Sure. What advice do you have for students in general, regardless of what point they're in in their undergraduate career about internships? Yeah. Do do your homework. You know, now and, and, and you know, you know, let's not waste a good pandemic. OK. All right. The pandemic was horrific, but let's not waste a good pandemic. Everything went online. And so all these virtual open houses went online and it's fabulous because otherwise you had to visit the campus. And for some people who are maybe far away and they didn't able to do that. So what I say is attend all the open houses, come up with a short list of, of where your career goals are, where you want to live, in your training and then match up the DI sites. And you can go on the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and see all the wonderful places where you can be trained in all the programs. Narrow it down and attend the open houses. So you get a total overview of the program. You know exactly what you're getting into. Do you want to be in an urban setting, a suburban setting, you know, where a rural setting, where do you want to be to be trained and everything? And so once you kind of get that all narrowed down, visit all of the um, uh, open houses. And you know, you can start this in your junior year or, or even end of your sophomore year. You don't have to do this along. In fact, you, the earlier you, you do it, the better. And you know, uh, when we are going to Fancy virtually this year, we will be having an open house virtually at Fancy as so we're all um, many, many programs. So, you know, visit them. It's very, very important to go there, come with questions. And when you when you're there, you know, look um, look interested, look professional. You know, don't come in, you know, looking like you know you just got out of the shower. I mean, come in looking professional because they'll remember you. And ask good questions and send a thank you email. Okay. Most definitely. 
Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today. We really, I really appreciate it. Well, thank I you. So many people do as well. That's good. I hope that you all will, will try out Spot On. It, it's, it is on uh, Apple, your Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your, um, your uh, podcast. And um, check it out. Awesome. Will do, Dr. Okay. Thank you.